At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Legit bat. We're uh, this is a weird show because it's noon on a Sunday and we're uh, hanging a bit. Says Jen. <laughs> I don't feel that great. I started drinking again, so maybe I'll feel better soon. Can I steal your beer? Oh yeah. Another one. Yeah. Make you sure you crack make- it right in front of the mic. Yeah, thank you. Anyway, we have a uh, Charlie Robinson on today. Back again, probably the most returningest guest we've ever had. I think he's been on the show. I don't know six times or something i don't know yeah i can't i can't math right now but uh charlie robinson aka the great white hope welcome back to the bat sir how are you i'm good it's good to be back on the bat with uh two hungover bats yeah it Mm. happens yeah it It, does yeah it actually hasn't happened in a while we we stopped drinking during the week which i mean it's a it's a victory for somebody who is an alcoholic but you know uh because I just got, I'm too old now. I can't feel like shit every day at work. I, I wake up and I'm like, fuck, not again. I bartended after college for uh, eight years. Just, I had other jobs, but I, but I always kept the bartending job. And I didn't drink at all. When I, I, the, first, the first year I drank. And then after that, I quit. And so then the, the final seven years, I bartended as a sober person and uh that's gonna be annoying as shit i'll tell you what though what's nice about it is that like i and and i have a pretty good memory like i remember all the shenanigans that went down i could see things developing that other people weren't watching you know i could see i could feel a fight getting ready to break out in the bar and and all these things i just i was way more aware of what was going on and if we'd go out you know, afterwards or, you know, go out to places during the, during the week, uh, people would be like the next day they'd ask me, what did we do? What happened? What did I do? What did, you know, who's that (laughs) chick, you know, who, who is that? Who, what, what? And, and I was like the, I was like the human video camera. Like I just remember, I could see everything. And that was because I was sober. 
Yeah. I drink a little bit now. I don't, I don't, but I'm like, I can't, I can't go. I can't drink a bunch. I might have a couple beers and then, but I'm, I'm just too, I'm too, I'm too old for that shit. I, I know. That's what I'm feeling. That's why we were like, oh, we got to take a break or something. And it was amazing. Like sober people might actually have, you know, an idea of what they're doing. I don't know. Uh, we just uh, stuck to the stuck to the the cannabis, you know, for a couple days there, and that's way so much better. Oh my god! Oh my god! Uh, I know this is like it goes against like all dare programs or whatever, but you should most definitely be smoking weed instead of drinking alcohol. Yeah, mm-hmm. they should uh, be like promoting that in schools. Like, not, don't not do drugs; just do the right ones. You know, of course. I have a problem with them just saying drugs and then putting right. all of these things in it in this category and then leaving all these obvious drugs out of the category. They're like, oh, these are drugs. Like, what about alcohol? Well, that's different. How? How is it they any different? I mean, that. I've made the dumbest things I've ever done. I've done on alcohol. Yeah. Uh, I mean, 100%. As opposed- <laughs> yeah, I mean, the other stuff, like... You know, so it's like, well, well, what is a drug? What's classified? Like, then you get into the the drug schedule. Have you seen the drug schedule? Talk about not making any sense. They have, yeah, they have Schedule Two drugs that are classified for no medicinal purposes at all. And you go, oh, okay, so it can't be used as a medicine at all. And you're like, okay, well, what's in that? And it's like marijuana. And you're like, wait a second, how the fuck can you have recreational? and medical marijuana and then call it a schedule and say that it's on schedule two and that it has no medicinal value. Like then explain all the medical cannabis facilities around here. It doesn't make any sense. Right. Well, it's the dumb thing too, is that they put a schedule one is like, you know, methamphetamine, that kind of shit, the stuff, the really fun ones, that's schedule (laughs) one. Uh, But they put acid in there too. And like mushrooms, I think mushrooms are schedule one, but that's yeah, I need retarded. They're two totally different fucking things like heroin, no medicinal value, really, because that's in a lot of fucking pharmaceuticals. So th- they yeah. take that out of heroin, like they make it out of heroin. Okay. How's that? But I'm straight heroin. This, I'm pulling this up right now just so I have it. Okay. So you want to share uh, it? Schedule two. Okay. Schedule one drugs, substances or chemicals are defined as drugs with currently with no currently accepted medical use and a high potential for abuse. Heroin, D, marijuana, ecstasy, peyote. And okay. Like, first of all, the whole, the whole list is wrong there. Okay. No medical use. And, and you have marijuana on here when you can go, I, I lived in California for a long time, but now I live in, in Colorado, as you know, because we saw each yeah. other. Um, uh, you can go to a legal recreational weed store, and then that's broken up into two, two categories, medical and recreational. And if you're in the medical one, you can get like super duper high dosages of things. If you're in the recreational right. one, you can only get like 100 milligrams of like of a, forget like a chocolate bar. It's 100 milligrams, and each one's broken into 10 tens. So it's, I mean, Right off the bat, it contradicts itself by saying there's no accepted medical use, and yet you have medical designations in in at least half the states in, in the country. So it doesn't make any sense. Well, isn't that uh, like state versus federal, though? Because the federal scheduling is Schedule 1. And then right. it, so everybody's 
talking about like when will it get federally legalized marijuana i don't know if we even want that do you want the feds regulating your weed it's bad enough having the states regulate your weed i think weed uh, a lot of people talk about it being weaponized like it's so fucking strong now this isn't the weed people were smoking in the 60s and no. going to watch you know the beatles and shit no this is some this is a, a hairy alien weed it's i can't even handle it like i have to take a couple tokes off a of vape pen and call it good if i were to actually smoke a joint of the stuff they have now I would just be in the fetal position in the kitchen. Like I, it's not oh, the same yeah. thing. Yeah, I've done that before. It's no, it's yeah. no good. It's no, it's no good. But um, but in, now in Denver, where I am, um, mushrooms are decriminalized. Yeah. So I talk about because when you know when you're dealing with illegal drugs and drug laws, what you really want is a really big gray area, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like. Exactly illegal you go to prison forever federally state it's legal and then it's like then it's also decriminalized you're like now what do i do so can i it depends I can, on the cop you get can i have it well we're not going to do anything to you okay can, can i have can, can, can i leave am i free to leave <laughs> like am i being detained you know like so it, the whole thing is is dumb and like and you just make all these gray areas where they can catch people. And then it de just des depends on how good your lawyer is. Right. It just depends on the situation, which that's, that's pretty fucked up. Like uh, it could be black or white, like, Oh, you have this amount and then you go to jail or not, but it's not like that. And every fucking state is different. So you never know what you're getting into. It's the same with like flying with any of that stuff, because sometimes they're totally cool with it. Other times you're going to Russia. Yeah. <laughs> Other times you're looking, you're going to do nine years. Yeah. It's retarded. It's totally retarded. The whole thing is dumb. Um, but, but, but luckily the politicians have it all figured out. So that's good. Oh yeah. yeah. And we, you know, we pay them very well to figure this shit out. So yeah. What'd you think oh, of you uh, Nancy Pelosi, like uh, going off to Taiwan and bringing her son with her and, lining up deals i mean it i guess the good news is as far as we know her son isn't smoking crack cocaine with prostitutes but as far as we know as far yeah. as we know i, I heard monica probably do, is. Uh, i heard monica perez do a, a breakdown of the taiwan trip and she thinks it has more to do with you know commercial interests and all that stuff it, but the weird thing is that it supposedly pissed off china what do you think is going to come from that? Because is it just posturing? Are they just like, you know, saber rattling or do they actually even care? Like, I don't think they'd care that some drunk ass went to Taiwan. They know who she is. <clears throat> yeah, I think they probably know she's 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 grifting. But it sends a message that that um, that that the United States, I mean, it has, that's the highest ranking official that's been there in a quarter of a century. So that's kind of a big deal in the sense that it's it's unusual and the timing is unusual and the person that they chose is unusual. And, and we know it's about computer chips because they just, we just had her husband in the, in the, in the news for buying all of the stock and Nvidia and all that. And uh, I mean, he was in the news for other things as well too, but, uh, and then, and then we, we know that there's a bill where Congress has approved to give $52 billion to computer chip manufacturers. So the problem is that 
so many of the chips that we depend on come from either China or Taiwan that if we get a situ in a situation where they're fighting with each other and nobody can get chips, we're really screwed. So what they're saying, I, my assumption is that what they're saying, it, it, Pelosi's saying to them, you guys might want to outsource some of that manufacturing to us in the event that you guys get into a bind with each other because we're all going to be screwed if you don't move at least a facility or two or 10 to America. But I, that's speculation on my, on my part, but, but, but it just has to do with computer chips. And then all of a sudden she's at the, in, in the country that makes the most computer chips in the world. Like that just seems like an easy dot to connect there, but isn't it like uh 70% of their exports in Taiwan is microchips. It, it's something like like really, or, or it's something like 70% of the microchips come from Taiwan. I don't know. It's, 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 something huge, like that, yeah. and it's a huge number. It's like, um, and my buddy's in Taiwan right now too. And I'm, I'm accusing him of working with Nancy Pelosi, of course, but, uh, <laughs> he's not <laughs> yeah, just for the record, just to clear the record. He's a buddy I went to college with who's was born, born there, but, um, he, you know, I'm like, you better wrap up your business dealings there and get the fuck out in a hurry. Yeah. I mean, I was hearing people talk about how hard Taiwan would be to like invade, I guess, because it's an island and it's got mountainous regions and shit. Like tactically, it would be kind of a weird thing to try to invade. Not to mention that would probably send some shockwaves if China actually did that. So all these people talking about, oh, China's going to invade Taiwan or, you know, I don't think so. What do you think the chances of that are? Like, I, it's all just fucking talk. Well, I think that if if China were in a, <clears throat> a situation where everything was good at home and they were just kind of plugging along like they had been for the last 20 years, that would have been more of a time to spark some sort of, you know, you'd have, been, you, you'd have less distractions. But they've got their own problems, right? They've got a real estate crisis that's happening where a bunch of people have decided they're not paying their... They're not making their payments on their properties because the Evergrande situation in mainland China has gotten so crazy that the largest property developer there is uh, on the verge of bankruptcy and some of their funds have gone bad. Now, I, I went to China for the Worldwide Property Show years ago. I was selling, I was uh, doing sales for a high rise in Las Vegas that was going to have a very Asian theme to it. So I said, well, we got to go partner up. We have to make some deals and, and find some partners in China and Hong Kong. Um, if we're going to sell this Asian theme uh, casino or uh, condo building that's right next to the Palms, and if we're going to sell it to Asian buyers, let's go to Asia and find the buyers. Let's find the brokers. And that's what we did. So I went to one of these worldwide property shows where they have all the stuff that they're building. And it is the craziest thing I've ever seen. Because I'm there like, oh, we're going to build this one building. And the guy from from Evergrande is like, well, let me show you the project that we've got going on in the Hunan province. I'm like, okay. And they show it. And I'm like, how many buildings are you guys building? They're like, well, we're, we're, we're just going to build all 45 of them at once. I was like, what? <laughs> They're like, all of them were bigger than the one that I had. And we were so proud of our building. It was going to be this great one. Just look. And he, this dude was talking about like, they're going to just start all 45 of them. And I was like, do you guys do pre-sales? They're like, yeah, of course. I was like, do you get them all sold out before you start building? It's like, sometimes. I'm like, oh my God. So everything is just wow. like on a massive scale. And 
And, 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 you know, look, China's in that whole industry is falling. We, we, you know, about the ghost cities and all of that. I was talking to the yeah. guys that were building the ghost cities. I mean, it was crazy. And of course I didn't know they were going to be ghost cities. I, as far as I was concerned, I mean, the sales guy I was just chatting with, he, he was under the impression that there it was all going to be sold out. This was a while ago and it probably was sold out, but, Did but the guys now building it know they were ghost cities or were they planning were they building them thinking they were selling them? They or were, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't end up filling them up at all. So, um, for, it took years before they did. I mean, they didn't, they weren't building them. The, the ghost cities for sure were not being built with buyers in advance because other, because the buyers would have moved right in as soon as they were closed. And that, that wasn't the case, but the guys I was talking to, they were building, I mean, Evergrande's building everywhere there. And, um, and also the guys from Emar were and and Nikhil, those the United Arab Emirates guys, they were there too. It's, it's pitching the world, which was that island chain, the that they were the man-made uh, islands that they were making. They were dredging up and building these islands, and then building luxury homes on these islands. But then the islands were all in the shape of the of the world with different continents, and you, they were like, you guys, yeah, there's awesome like. It's they're Earth. like, yeah, it's like there's like uh you know like 18 islands that make up Australia, and they're like, Well, you guys have buyers for that? Like, oh, we had a guy come in, he said, I just I'll take all of Australia. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like calculating the commissions in my brain. I'm like, oh, you know, so so China, China's got big problems in the real estate market, they've got big problems in the in the supply chain market. Like, do you invade Taiwan now when you're right in the middle of like a huge real estate collapse? You're trying to implement a social credit system and you've got COVID lockdowns and all this stuff. Like, it seems like it would be bad timing, but it seems like it would be a good distraction if you're the Biden administration. And I, I mean, can you imagine? I, I don't like the idea of any war, but could you imagine the idea of a war being led by Joe Biden, a brand new war oh like in China and Joe Biden's like, we're going to, we're going to go do the thing in the place. And you're like, Holy shit. We're all going to die. Aren't we? China, China, China. I had a China drop in there. Yeah. I, I mean, it's bad enough. Any war, like you're saying, but like somebody like Biden, I, I mean, I don't think he's actually in control of anything anyway. Right. So, so then you go, ooh, 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 the Biden puppet is in charge. Who's pulling the strings? And you're like, well, probably oh, the military no. industrial complex, of course, because they're going to make a gajillion dollars off this. Jealous off of what Big Pharma's been doing yeah. the last two years, the scam they've been running. They said, well, hang on a second. Before this empire completely falls apart, we want one more big payday. Maybe we'll fake a war with China. Maybe we'll actually start a war with China. Great idea for total all, annihilation. It does seem to have pivoted away from Ukraine and Russia. What Do you have any news on that whole situation? Because it seems to have died down a little bit. Did you see North it, Korea offered volunteers? Oh yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Like that it, I'm sure Putin was like, that's very generous of you, but with all due respect, a bunch of 110 pound soldiers, not going to do much. <laughs> shitty haircuts. Those Ukrainian Azov guys like start punching these North Korea guys, like punch their heads right off, you know? 
<laughs> the Ukrainian super soldiers versus the North Koreans that eat once a week. <laughs> um, yeah, the whole thing. Look, from what I've been reading and the people that I've been listening to, like Gonzalo, Gonzalo Lira, who's a, a Chilean journalist in Ukraine who's been living there, he's talking about what he sees, his side of the war. Um, Russia is just slowly and methodically strangling Ukraine in just just squeezing them uh, and and taking that whole southern coastal side it's no good this is this is a a losing war for Ukraine of course and we never i don't i don't think anyone that was that understands how to read the newspaper the real way you know like yeah read read through all the bullshit anyone that could that knows how to read that we go oh ukraine's gonna get their asses kicked in this one because you could tell because all of the the journalists were writing about how ukraine is so much better and they're dominating them and they're gonna they're doing this and then there's the ghost of Ukraine, and you see all these like blustery stories and then these like obvious fake stories the ghost of ukraine and the hot ukrainian uh swimsuit model who's got her ak out there and she's getting you're just like reading this and you're going like this is the sort of stuff that this is low budget propaganda like this is yeah junior varsity team level propaganda that you're you're working with here and these stories who's doing this (laughs) yeah it, it just seemed like and there's like oh russia has no chance against this like uh, do you guys remember World War One and World War Two? Like the Russians are the meanest, toughest people on the fucking planet. They're, they're like, oh yeah, Ukraine's gonna stomp these dumb Russians, and it's like, yeah, <laughs> man, I, I I'm sorry, that is that is inaccurate. <laughs> the Russia is the one that gave up 20 million people in World War Two. And still kept coming and still kept and held out in Stalingrad for for two years during the the winter when the Nazis had them encircled and stayed alive and kept fighting and finally froze the, the Germans out there. Like the Russians are no joke so when you read these western accounts of like oh it's just gonna be a cakewalk in Ukraine you're just you just feel like either you're just a outright propagandist or you have no understanding of history because the russians look we america we don't want any of that i'm I'm sorry we don't want any of that not with this woke army that we've got now um and, and also i would i would I would direct people back to an incident that happened about eight years ago. I think I want to say it was 2014 might've been a year two above or below, but it was uh, an incident in the Mediterranean where a United States destroyer was out there off the coast of I want to say off, I don't know, Lebanon somewhere and got buzzed by a Russian fighter jet. I don't know why, but but when that Russian fighter jet buzzed it, none of the electronics on the destroyer worked after that. It set off like a mini EMP and cut everything in that ship. And they oh. wanted it to come by and do it a second time so they could record it to see what it was doing, but it didn't come back by. And so America went, oh shit, after that. Like, we don't even know what that was. 
that did that. And it just, one of those fighters flew by and knocked out our whole ship. So I want, you know, so there's, there's a lot of people like, well, we just send our troops into Ukraine to fight. No, 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 no. We're not doing any of that. Like this is a war. Like, like we got, let's be honest, man. Like we've been, we've got our ass kicked by a bunch of flip-flop wearing farmers in Vietnam and a bunch of <laughs> flip-flop wearing yak herders in Afghanistan. This is for a trillion dollars a year in our military. I don't feel like we're getting our money's worth if we're losing to a bunch of, you know, guys with, uh, with no education that are just coordinated guerrilla strikes or taking out our last two sort of major wars that we've been involved in. This is not a good sign. You don't want to go up against Russia. That's not like knocking out your last two opponents. Like, you know, and then you go, fine, bring on the big guy. I'm ready. Yeah. Like, no, your last two fights that you got, you lost or they were draws or whatever, you know, but not exactly the momentum you, you need to go into a war with Russia or China. And these, these, these maniacs in the, in the media, and you guys know how I feel about the media, oh, these yes. maniacs in the media are talking about this. Like, you know, listen, sometimes you just have to escalate things. And it's like, you, you very, very carelessly saying these things from the safety of BBC headquarters. Yeah. Um, but man, like People, pe people die. Shit gets awful real fast. And we don't want any of that. And like, so if it's just really careless of people in the media to be talking about another war. Like it's no big deal. It's always a big deal. And if it's happening to you, it's the only thing that matters, you know? Yeah. I, I always want to, I wish I was like a fly on the wall in Russia to see what their media or their propaganda says about the U S because yeah. I feel like it's exactly opposite like we're almost in north korea here in the states where they're like u.s is the best we are the world superpower and i don't think that's actually true like you were saying russia i i imagine there's the same thing we are russia we are the best we are the biggest power and they might actually be right <laughs> right I, I have heard that the difference between the two countries is that in russia they know they're getting propagandized too and in america yeah. they have no clue so, so it's not, so it's not like Russia tells the truth or whatever, but, um, it's just that their people know better than to, to, than to believe anything sort of, uh, state affiliated. And that being said, I, I must say that the only times I ever wind up on television is always on RT Russia today. You know, I, 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 I've always, I, you know, they got rid of, they got rid of RT America here a couple months ago, but that sh that channel was the best. It was the only news channel worth watching because you would get you. you it'd be like getting it's like getting the news for a, a totally different planet, almost like definitely a different country. They would talk yeah. about America in in the RT America news, nightly news. They would talk about America and you'd be like, whoa, this is such a different perspective on us. And it wasn't wrong. It wasn't inaccurate. It was actually, it was more accurate than, than our news, but it was fun to watch. And people go, oh, if you like RT, you're just a Russian apologist. Like, watch it. Like they had Chris Hedges had a show on there. Lee Camp had a show. Um, they had good shows and, and really interesting ideas. And they, of course they have to get rid of that. Because, but they, but anytime you, uh, were on that show, it would say, 
and and like that show like would like broadcast or 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 put my interviews up on their YouTube channel it underneath it would say Russian state television like YouTube would put that little disclaimer there it's like Russia state television it was like oh, as opposed to what CNN America state television no, so stupid yeah I don't I don't even know like how to talk to people anymore about this kind of stuff because it's there i think we talked about in the last show it's it's one or the other now where you have the people that are just lost and you can't get to them and then you have the people that get it there there's very few in-betweenist people you know that are like kind of on the edge like at this point in 2022 if you're not looking at what's going on you're probably just a lost cause and that sucks but i mean what do you waste your time on these people it's funny because i've had to my default setting is that I want to wake everybody up. You know, I right. like, I don't want to give up on that person there because I want to, kind of, but as we get closer and closer to this collapse scenario, I, I feel like it's probably a better strategy to prioritize our time differently now and say, I'm only going to, if, if you're willing to hear what I have to say, come on over I'll tell you, you know, if you have questions, I'll answer your questions. I'll give you everything I've got. If you're will, if, if you, if you want to know about it, right. If you don't want to know about, or you want to argue with me, or you want to play devil's advocate, or you want to pretend like you, I, I, I just don't care to waste my time anymore with that. It it's too, I, it, the priority is, People that that need that want to know more about it, I'll give you more information. If you guys still are denying reality, you're still trying to tell me that the that the media, the big pharma is objective and media is objective, and that these aren't state-run institutions, and and you you want to explain to me why how that you heard that Don Lemon said something insightful last night? I'm not interested. I, I, my mom will do this. My mom is is awake to all of this shit, but will still send me from time to time an article. You got to read this article, and it'll and I'll look at the domain on it, and it'll be from CNN. And I would be like, "Don't send me nope. CNN articles. I don't read them. I don't read them." She'll be like, "It's an interesting take on Pelosi." I'll be like, "Because it's a lie." <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I could write some interesting takes too if I if if I'm not you know, controlled by having to be within the realm of the truth. Well, I could write all kinds of interesting stuff. So I, I'm not, it, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's hard to know how to talk to people. And, and you know, and, and, I, and I'm specifically trying to avoid conflicts now. Right. Because the problem is I don't want it. I don't want to start the conflict because if I get involved in the conflict, I have to win. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> I have to just present my case and dominate in it. you like, I, cause if you want to argue with me about nine 11 and you want to tell me 19 Arab hijackers did that, that's fine. You better have your story straight. Cause I'm coming all the way with everything <laughs> I've got. You know what I mean? Cause if you want to do that, then prepare to get into a battle to the death on, on <laughs> who's got the information on this shit because, but, but, but I don't, I, I, I stay away from that 
I, tr- I try not to right. even have that conversation. But, That's but, because it, but like I, you said, it takes too much time. And if you're going for the neck, you know, it, it is this person willing to sit there for like two hours and have you trace back the history of the CIA? Exactly. Like, right. And nobody, it, first time. of all, nobody wants that. Like that person isn't going to be willing. They're not receptive to it. You know, they're not interested in it. I I found that like, if the, you know, if you get somebody to ask you a question about it, you know, you get them to be like, or if you ask them a question, Hey, what do you think about this China thing? And a lot of times they'll just be like, I fuck, I never, I don't know. I never even thought about it. Yes. First time I'm, I'm verbalizing anything about it. And, you, and then you get them to talk about things and then you go, doesn't that sound kind of stupid to you? And they'll go, uh, yeah, I guess it does. I never really thought of it. Sometimes you can, you can make headway with people, you know, by asking them questions, but, but for the, but where I am now, it's like, I try to, I, I'm of the philosophy of like, you, you win all of the fights that you avoid. And I'm like, yeah. I'm going to avoid the debate on this one because in the end, I'm just going to get all worked up. I'm going to, this person's never going to want to talk to me after I get done verbally abusing them in this (laughs) one-sided diatribe that I'm about to go on. You're never going to listen to it anyway. You're going to be dug in even deeper against it because you just got yelled at for two hours. Yeah, that's the other side of it too is trying not trying not to scare them away so much that they never come back and question right. it again is and so i like i have done all of that i've 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 done all of the wrong things and i have found that the best thing that i could do is if if i want to introduce the subject like if there's somebody that's you think is receptive to it the best thing that i've done is just make it a two-way street, like make it a conversation, a dialogue instead of a monologue, you know, like get, ask them questions and get them talking and get them thinking about it. And if, if you can do that, then sometimes the midway through them thinking about it, they'll realize that they haven't thought about it. And that actually they, their argument isn't really all that great. So sometimes you can make headway with it, but like if somebody can't understand that Joe Biden is physically falling apart. I don't really know what I'm going to be able to do. Like, I can't, I can't really do anything. If if that, if we're at that point where you're looking at Joe Biden and you're going, he looks fine. He looks good to me. Like, I don't really know what the big deal is. Well, I'm, I got, I got, I can argue my points, but I'm not that good. Yeah. That's where you just give up too. Or you're just like, and we talked about this again on the last show where there's certain signs you can see in people where you're like, that's a losing battle. I'm not going to even touch that with a 10 foot pole. Like let them live their life. Peace be with you. Go on your way. Cause I'm not going to even deal with that. It's not but, worth it. You got to pick your battles. Not everyone's worth saving. No, not at all. And yeah. the, when you're talking about uh, how to approach some of the stuff, one of the best ways I found is to ask questions because like you said, they don't have their, they don't know. So instead of being like, blah, 9-11, all this stuff, just be like, what do you think about this? Did you know this? And to ask questions to them, they're like, what? No. And then then you just peace out and go, go ahead. I know you'll be up at 11 o'clock tonight looking that shit up. (laughs) Or or you won't, you know, but if you're the kind of person or if you're if it's 
that time in your life where you just, you, you do decide I'm going to check into this. I'm curious to know if there's anything to that crazy story that guy just told me. It sounds crazy, but he actually made it sound like it was possible. And maybe I'm just yeah. going to go on to fact check and prove that he's wrong. And you accidentally prove that he was right. And you go, oh, no, like that's a very important moment. And I think yeah. all of us that are in this line of work or whatever, whether I like in writing and doing podcasts or podcasts or whatever, making documentaries, whatever you're into, like you, you had that, that moment where you decided to look into things a little bit more and somebody gets, you know, you either get there or you don't, but you get there at your own speed. And so I, I, I think that, um, I, I welcome anybody that, that is waking up to this stuff. I think it's it's fantastic. But I also, I, I look at something like the last two years of what we've been going through with COVID and all this and in the emerging creeping into climate change hysteria and everything. And I also kind of look at people and go like, like if you guys, if you can't see that there's a problem going on here, like you guys need to kind of take a some self-inventory like because there's some real obvious problems with these stories and if you're not picking up on the covid fraud and you're still wearing double masking in your car and everything like what are you doing what what's why haven't you figured this out are you scared are you are you scared of what you might find out if you are that's fine it's like a reasonable thing you're that you don't that it would change your world but like at what point do you have to like wake up to reality that like there's a, a huge scam going on with this COVID stuff and it's impacting everybody and everything. And yeah, there's and still people that feel like it's not happening. And it's weird to me, you know, it's fascinating, yeah. but fuck, it's it, weird. That's why and it's such a, curious. yeah, that's why it's such a maze too, because the COVID thing leads into so many other things. And like we said, we don't have time to sit down for two hours with somebody and be like, no, this, connects to this connects to this and then you just look like a crazy person anyway so it's like okay but i had a not an argument but my uh my mom is pretty believing of the whole ukraine russia thing which is weird because she totally saw through the whole covid thing that was the weirdest one to me is that covid happened and then the ukraine thing happened some of the same people who were calling out covid bought into the ukraine thing i'm not saying it's fake i'm just saying it's fucking uh falsified to an extent so yeah. when bono went over there and did a fucking a concert in the subway like i sent it to my mom like does this not seem weird to you like if if washington was getting nuked and uh somebody from another country came over and did a fucking concert first for the president wouldn't you think that's a little weird and she's like well maybe it's just uh they're trying to show putin their way of life is not going to be affected i'm like yeah that's that's what's going to show putin yeah i'm sure he's he's really affected by that i, I don't even know what to say mom sorry conversation over it, it, it is that I'm, I'm having the same situation. I'm having the same situation where I'm like, this is, this is one of those, you know, like, don't touch me. Don't touch me in the back seat. The kids don't touch me. Don't he's, you know, and you're just like right there. And it's like, what do you think is going to happen? What do you, this, these wars are, are manufactured. They're made to happen. 
it's yeah. and 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 i I like to, if if at all possible, take the emotion out of it and just sort of pull back and go, okay, just for an, a second, compare th- this war to the other wars that we've had. Have you ever seen a case where only, like, we're not involved in the war. We're not, it's not America. We're not fighting this war. We're just watching a war. Have you We're ever just sending billions over there? Yeah. Have you ever seen a situation where you're only allowed to root for one side? Like it is socially unacceptable to pick the other team. You, you're not even allowed to consider it. And then, then we cut off all the the aid. We cut off all the our um, relations and all these private corporations, publicly traded, but but still non governmental private. Um, corporations pulling out of russia all at once against their own best interest like doesn't all of this seem really unusual and coordinated and strange and scripted and i mean everybody's saying the same shit if you look at i don't look at twitter but i've heard that a lot of the same things being said by a lot of different companies almost like they were handed a little memo and like this is what you tweet out today you know well, we're get, you're going to get on. You, if you want to be considered, you want to be in the good graces of the World Economic Forum and the ESG scores going forward, then we're going to need you to sometimes send a, a message. And you're going to sometimes have to take it in the balls. But we're going to need you to pull out of Russia to send the message. That's what we need. That's the BlackRock ESG World Economic Forum group saying to all these corporations that are now starting to understand that BlackRock and the Fed print all the money and then they give it in the form of loans to the corporations that they want to give it to. And the ones that they've said we're going to give it to are the ones that are participating in the ESG part. And part of the ESG isn't even so much that these corporations need to get on board with capping their not you know their environmental stuff. They just need to send the message that ESG is important, and that's enough. And so we we're seeing a coordinated pullout of Russia by all these corporations, like because of because Russia invaded Ukraine. Like that doesn't make any sense. There's wars happening all over the place. Are we doing the same thing? No, we're just doing it with Russia. It's very, it's it's unlike anything we've ever seen. And it's so suspicious and bizarre that these corporations would act against their own self-interest that should rightly get them all sued by their shareholders for pulling out of these marketplaces. This is, it's nutso. Where do you see, have you heard anything new about the ESG thing? Because I know it's constantly, I mean, in our community's news cycle and, you know, the different, uh, I don't know what you'd say, the different bookmarks of the ESG, you can see where companies are falling in line with that. But where do you think that's going? Do you think that's even sustainable long term with businesses? 
Well, they're going to be subsidized in a way by the by BlackRock because BlackRock sent out a memo in 2020. I was talking to Clint Russell from uh, Liberty Lockdown about this. He, he said that Larry Fink, the CEO of BlackRock, who's in bed with the World Economic Forum and definitely a bad guy who has relationships to Epstein and all that. Um, the, these guys are... Make he sent out a letter to all of these CEOs of all of these big ass companies all around the world saying, if you guys want us to buy your stock for our fund, which is 10 trillion and growing, biggest asset fund in the world, then you have to do the things that we're looking at favorably now, which is the ESG stuff. We're going to be watching to see how you comply with that. And if you comply with that, then we've got access to money for you and we've got access to preferred partnerships for you. And eventually what will really wind up happening is that the central bank digital currencies that are programmable will be programmed so that this universal basic income that gets pumped out to the plebs is only able to be spent at the co companies that are on board with ESG. It'll only work for them. You're on board with it, stores open. You're you're not on board with ESG. Well, then now all those UBI, the freebies, like the welfare um, stipend that they'll get, the monthly universal basic income, it'll, it'll have limits set to it, just like food stamps do now, where you can't buy alcohol or tobacco with it. Just they're not allowed to take it for it, but it'll be digitally like that. And so if you're a company that's participating with ESG and in the good graces, You'll be one of those stores that's eligible for these for these dollars to be these digital dollars to be spent. That's how it'll work. I mean, it's just going to be like positivity, uh, positive motivation by the use of money, digital money, which costs them nothing to create. It's it's the it's going to be one of the greatest scams ever. So, again, we had just talked about this, but the uh, the Internet of Things. So that. I mean, I would assume kind of ties into all that too, but I can't remember who was talking about it, but that the infrastructure isn't there and the, the finance, the money isn't there for people to have that kind of technology in their house, at least widespread. There's no way everyone's going to have a smart fridge or a smart oven or a smart toaster, you know, all this shit. Like I think they, they jumped the gun a little bit on trying to implement all this stuff. So I, I think so. Yeah. It, they, they're the, 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 the push to green, to green everything up, you know, electric cars and zero carbon and all this stuff. It's like, um, first of all, it's a dumb idea and zero carbon will kill everything on the planet. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, but besides that, taking that out of the equation, we're not ready for it. The technology doesn't exist to warrant this when they say oh well, by 2030 we're going to be all off of fossil fuels and all into electric cars and there'll be no gas combustion engines yeah what's going to charge those cars it's like listen panels. like california in the summer has a grid uh, issues texas in the winter has an ice storm and they have grid issues and you're talking about charging a, a 300 million electric cars all at the same time on a grid that can't handle it. Like this is idiotic. It's, it's, it's retarded on its face and we're not ready for that. And, and, and so you, 
but the, but but there's this push, this rush, and that's the World Economic Forum trying to break everything. It just just build it back better, just totally collapse everything. Yeah, if, to build back better, you got to destroy first. <laughs> you you're gonna be good, zero carbon. That push, or just even the transition to that, is enough to just destroy everything. Like that, that's such a weird, weird one too. Like you said, uh, if we had zero carbon, everything would die. Like the the plants, that's what they crave. It's not Brondo. It's not electrolytes. They they crave CO two. That's what they fucking eat, and then they shit out oxygen for us. So trying to reduce that is weird. Like high carbon or high CO two, whatever, would green the planet. Uh, I heard somebody say, if you really want to, if you're worried about the planet, go run your diesel car outside just on idle all day. Like. <laughs> feed those plants the co2 <laughs> yeah it is it's it of course it's because it's not about that it's just the excuse that they picked and and they've talked about it for 50 years since the club of rome wrote that book in 1972 the limits to growth where they explained how they were going to do this and they were going to use this idea of global warming and they were going to use that to create the pretext to get everybody on board with a climate agenda. And then that climate agenda would create a carbon uh, component, a carbon tax component. And then the carbon taxes collected from that would be the funding mechanism for the one world government. It's like, I didn't write that. Crazy. I mean, it was written in 1972. They wrote it. That's what they want to do. And so it's like when you- What, what was you, that book called? The Limits to Growth by the Club of Rome. And um, they spell it out in there. They say that we're, we're going we're going to create the pretext. Um, we're going to create the idea of global warming, whether it's real or invented for this purpose, um, as the pretext to get everybody to come together and demand a one world government. It's crazy. I mean, it's it's ambitious, of course, but but they but they've got that uh, that invisible enemy again. You know, whether it's a virus or it's a terrorist, now it's carbon, it's always there and you're going to need to give up your way of life, your freedoms, your privacy, your tax dollars. You're going to have to, for us to protect you from this invisible thing that we get to measure with our fake scientists and our phony uh, satellite images and, and readouts that and, and, and our modeling that we can make say whatever we want it to say. Uh, we're going to be the ones in charge of all the information. We're going to tell you when you're supposed to be afraid, and then you're going to have to pay us taxes. And they go, oh, because you're going to take all that tax money and fix the problem? They go, what? <laughs> what are you we never said we were going to fix the problem. We just said you were going to pay us taxes. And they go, oh. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Sounds good. So like yes. to absolve us of our carbon sins? And they're like, yeah, basically. That's the scam. Say three it's Hail Marys, uh, $3,000 in taxes, and uh, cross yourself four times. Yes. If, listen, the Catholic Church has been running that scam for hundreds of years. Works <laughs> well. You give yeah. us money, we'll take care of it with the big guy. <laughs> Unfucking believable. So I, I know you have a kind of a pretty gloomy outlook on this. Where? Where's Charlie's hope in this? I, I've heard your show. I, uh, you might be unaware of this, but uh, I, I've listened to your show a couple times. And you're pretty dark sometimes, dude. Where's 
where's your glimmer of hope? Like, give me something to hang on wait, to. Wait, wait. Okay. So, first of all, I want to say, though, that your rants are so fucking funny. Oh, gold. And they make oh, us laugh. You. They are sort of gloomy, but they're hilarious. So yeah, thank you. I, well, look, I, 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 let me tell you where I do see some, some, some positives. Because there are some, there are some positives. Trust in media is in the toilet. Okay, that's fantastic. We now know that the average person out there is starting to change their relationship with the mainstream media. And that is, that is the greatest news um, for me because I hate them. I despise the media. They're the, they're the enemy of humanity. They're so dishonest. And it would be one thing if they were just kind of that annoying person that, you know, that's just a big liar. But they're so dangerous, you know, and the lies they tell are so gigantic that it changes society. And so I hate the media. And the fact that people are waking up to how dirty they are, that's, that's cause for tremendous optimism, I think, because, you know, look, it's, uh, it's, it's important that we understand that we're being lied to and because then you can start to, to, to take away some of your participation and all this stuff. The people that, that, that are the, scariest or the ones that have have it's never crossed their minds that maybe the nightly news is lying to them you know that's that yeah. like it, and so i guess i'm i'm optimistic that there's more people waking up because of this i mean as bad as covid was or is or you know i don't know i guess we're still sort of in it they're trying uh, yeah they're trying um they're the what the one upside to it has been that a lot of people have kind of woke up to what's going on. Like pharmaceutical industry is not your friend. The media is c- clearly lying about a bunch of this stuff. Social media is suppressing truth. Video platforms are outright banning things. And then we find out months later that it's all true and that they would ban this. And then they're, you know, so COVID has, has, cause people to ask questions and, and i so think that's, the censorship is kind good. of shooting itself in the foot too because people are seeing that now too when people get banned and then you know six months later like you said it turns out to be true then they're like wait a and that plays into the whole distrust of the mainstream media in general but do you think that actually helps or is it just the start of helping like okay we don't trust the media awesome that's nothing new to us but like does that help wide you know how does that work out in the next year or two? Well, it just means that the, well, I don't know exactly. And because it means that the, 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 the government won't be able to tell the people how to feel, but the problem is how are they going to feel? Like, are they going to be angry? Are they going to be, you know, who's going to get to them? Somebody's going to have to tell them like, Hey, this is what glad you're awake to to all these lies we're there's i've got bad news for you it's much worse than you think and (laughs) this you know so like that it it doesn't you know the the misconception is that it takes like 51 percent of the population to become awake and then everything will change 
But the stats say, and I don't know where they get this number, but I've read this number multiple places that it says that you only really need 3% of the population to be awake to what's going on. And that's enough to start a change that happens at a a quick enough rate that people wake up relatively quickly. So 3% sounds doable, especially when you consider there already. I think so. I mean, I feel like we should be, you know, but um, like if you, if you watch the news and how they treat Biden, like the, the left news, you know, like yeah. MSNBC and everything, it's like, you guys are pretending like he's fine and it's it's really obvious that he's not and it's it's just taking what's left of their credibility away every time someone watches that and they go i i just don't believe you guys anymore it's the emperor has no clothes emperor has no has clothes. New clothes whatever new clothes no clothes um it's funny you say that the episode of of macroaggressions that's coming out on Wednesday is called The Empire Has No Clothes. Nice. nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be sure to not title this one that then. I was going to, but now I won't. The Empire Has No Clothes. Charlie, thanks so much. I knew you had to get going. You got day zero, and we will come back on day zero at some yeah. point. It's just, uh, it's been crazy around be here. But yeah, next time I won't be hungover, I swear. Right, I didn't wish you uh, tell everybody where they can find you if they don't fucking know already. And if you don't know who Charlie is and where to find him and you don't listen to him yet, Go fucking do it. What's your problem? Anyway, tell us where to find you. Oh. Macroaggressions in audio format, wherever podcasts are served in video format on Rockfin, Odyssey, Iconic, and Band.video. You can follow me on Twitter at Macroaggression, and the website is theoctopusofglobalcontrol.com. Perfect. And Thanks be sure to read his books, guys. too. I yes. always enjoy. I always enjoy hanging out. All right. Love you, buddy. Have a great day. Tell Chris and Corey and everybody who said hi. I will. Later. All right. Bye. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.